PR. It's not just a catchphrase. It's a passion. And it's a career. But sometimes, it can be a headache. So sit back and recover with this PR Hangover, a podcast of Grand Valley State University's chapter of PRSSA. I'm your host, Brady Mills, and this is probably the only hangover you'll ever look forward to. Well, welcome back to PR Hangover. Hope your spring break was incredible. I just got back from mine, and it was so good to get away from everything for a week. Uh, but we're back, and, and today we've got Brandy Boatner on the show. Brandy is a manager of digital and advocacy communications for IBM, and she's just a big deal. She's She's been a PRSA president before. She's had years and years in the industry, um, in external communications and public relations, and now she's kind of shifted internally. So she's going to talk about what that means and how advocacy means um, speaking up for her employees, but also having her employees share things about the company. It's a very interesting role that I, I didn't know much about. But aside from being a seasoned professional, Brandy is also a seasoned student mentor. And some of the pieces of advice and encouragement she had to say were things I really needed to hear. So I hope that you can benefit from them too. Here is Brandy Boatner. Welcome, Brandy. Really happy to have you today. Welcome. Thank you so much, Brady. I'm happy to be here. Well, awesome. Um, okay, so before we get into the actual content questions, I would love the listeners to get to know you a little bit. Sure. Um, so I would just love to know if you were any type of snack or dessert dip, what would you be and why? Uh, salted caramel. Um, salted caramel like a churro or... A salted caramel pretzel. I just love salted caramel. And I think that my skin color is like golden rotisserie brown, kind of like chicken, but like that caramel color. So if I would be any, I would have to be a snack or dessert that was very similar to my skin tone, salted caramel for sure. That's a great answer. Um, <laughs> would you I'd probably think about that way too much because I love salted <laughs> caramel? <laughs> uh, could you give us a brief synopsis of what you do now? Um, what is your current role and what does that entail? Sure. So currently I am the manager of digital and advocacy communications at a small startup called IBM. Maybe you've heard of it. It's only been around for about 114 years. Um, but in my current role, I am responsible for um, getting IBMers to advocate for the company and share our story on social media. And you're like, well, why would you need to have a position you know, advocacy, and we'll talk, we can talk more about kind of advocacy in its own right, but, you know, employees over the last, I'd say two years, given what's happened with the pandemic, you know, with us being on lockdown, you know, relied on social media more. And so that's how we, you know, stayed connected and communicated. So having, you know, our employees be the brand voice and the brand ambassador for the company is something that we're, you know, really, um, it's really critical for us. So having that as my as my job and looking at digital communications and how to enable and empower employees to share our story and to share our message on social is something I love. I just love doing. And it's such a good time to be doing it because social media, like overnight, much like many things transformed just the way we consume information, the way we share information. So just to make sure all of our employees are, you know, again, representing the brand and our, our best brand ambassadors is you know what I'm focused on at least what I'm focused on right now many other things but what I'm focused on right now in my day to day. And do many companies have a role like that? I I haven't no I have not uh, you know met like my counterpart. I think a lot of 
companies, um, you know, depending on if it's an eight in, in HR or if it's, you know, people who are responsible for the employee experience, social falls under, but not from a communications and not from an advocacy. So that is, I will say that is unique uh, to IBM. You know, I talk to others in the industry often. I have a lot of peers at a lot of different companies and I feel like they're doing like it in pockets, like in, in different places. Uh, like I said, maybe HR, maybe corporate social responsibility. ESG is hot right now. So I've seen some things in that space. So not like a dedicated role, but like I said, not to say they're not doing it, but just not like a dedicated role. Yeah, that's interesting. So if if I'm understanding, it's kind of a mix of internal to external communication. It is an internal comms role, correct. That focuses on external tactics. Okay, interesting. That is okay. correct. And you haven't been doing that your whole time at IBM, correct? No. Okay. I've, so- only, I've only been in this role October uh, of this year will be two years. So like, okay. like a year and some change. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. A year and some change. (laughs) And what, what were you doing before that? Like, how has your role shifted over the years? Yeah. So prior to this role, 10, 11 years of my career has been an external. So I was an external comms focused on influencer relations, focused on uh, social justice communications. That's what I led uh, during the summer of 2020. Um, after the death of George Floyd, I led our social justice comms, um, pro- again, influencer work, uh, brand communications uh, for our chief marketing officer and for our marketing discipline. So I've been in an external role pretty much my entire career until this role, because it's really necessary. Because, you know, if I look at 2020, 2020 and a little, little bit of 2021 was the year of the employee. Everybody had to make sure your employees were safe and healthy and their families were safe and healthy with what we were dealing with the pandemic. So I understand why, you know, I had to shift to internal, but now I think I'm going to go back to external because now with the post pandemic recovery, now we're seeing, okay, employees are good. People are going back in the office. I'm back in the office. What are we doing? You know, how are we telling our story now? And we just launched a, a, our new uh, brand platform called let's create. Um, super excited, love, love the campaign. And so just so many opportunities to, to really bring Let's Create to life and use that, you know, as the backdrop for how we tell, how, how we tell our story. Yeah. If you could share a little bit about um, Let's Create, what is your role then in a brand launch like that? Um, I mean, obviously you just described your role in general, but how mm-hmm. has that been for you? And that was just last week, correct? Correct. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, so what, what did that entail for you? So going back to what I said about my role is to, to ensure that employees are active on social media. Well, when you have a huge brand launch, you have to make sure your employees share that on social media. We had so many amazing, wonderful social activations on Instagram, on Twitter, on LinkedIn. We encourage if you go to any, myself included, any IBMer, most IBMers, should say any, most IBMers, if you go to their LinkedIn profile or their Twitter profile, you will see the Let's Create banner. That's something that we encouraged employees to do as part of our activations. So how do you ensure 240,000 people are sharing, let's create and are part of, so again, just like I said, I'm, you know, how employees advocate for the brand. We have a huge brand launch. Okay. What is everybody doing on social media? Who's given the guidance on social media? So myself and many, many others, uh, my manager was an instrumental part working with our corporate social discipline team who set up the activations, who executed a lot of the work, who created the assets. We had 
an amazing video. I suggest everyone check it out. It's an amazing video. I can give you the link. It is moderated by Donald Glover, AKA Childish Gambino. I'm a huge fan of his. He's so amazing. And he talks about what is Let's Create, like why you should pay attention to it, why it matters. Um, let's create, you can create anything. Let's create a more inclusive work culture. Let's create, you know, virtual assistants that are really virtual. Like there's so many opportunities with it, but I highly encourage people to check out, let's create, like I said, check out the video on the assets, but many people went into the launch. I was just one of many, but again, my role was to ensure employees were sharing on social media. Hmm. It sounds like you're pretty excited about the launch. Is I that, love is it. That... Um, it's not just because, I mean, I work here. That's like, I feel like I'm like, that's like a, an obvious given, but I really do. Love it. Well, I, I love that. Wait, real quick. Like, so what exactly is it and why do you love it? So for, for a while, when I first came into the company, um, our, our brand platform was known as Smarter Planet. And it really was such a, a, a unique differentiating. It was such a great campaign because we broke it down by industry. So it was like smarter retail, smarter healthcare, smarter telco. It was just such a great brand, you know, platform. And we had it for many years. And so coming into the company, I was like, oh my God, this is so amazing. You can do so many things. And we've got smarter this and smarter. It was just, it was revolutionary. And then, you know, after some years and some things, Smarter Planet, you know, started to lose its brand, you know, health. And, you know, everyone's like, oh yeah, we know IBM, Smarter Planet. So we had to move, you know, to a different brand platform. And so we went to let's put smart to work. And so you might've seen probably in maybe you were probably too young, but several years ago, some, some commercials around let's put smart to work. And in looking at our transformation as a company, okay, we had smarter planet, let's put smart to work, but like, how do we convey that we are, you know, the hybrid cloud and artificial intelligence company? Like we are the ones who help other companies digitally transform. And we needed a brand, you know, purpose that was updated. That was, you know, we wrote Smarter Planet, I think came out, I started in 2010. And I want to say Smarter Planet was right before I started. So you're talking about a brand platform that's over 10 years old. So maybe 10, 11 years old. So it was time for a refresh. It It's not a rebrand. It's a reminder of this is what we do. It's almost like we're reintroducing IBM into the world. I get a lot from some students and others, like, what does IBM do? Like, what does like IBM make? Because we're not a consumer company. So while your generation grew up with other companies because they have consumer products that I'm sure you use, you, you can't necessarily say, oh, I use X from IBM. But if you have a cell phone, chances are the, the chip in your cell phone was processed by IBM. Anytime that you make any kind of airline reservation, the reservation system that books your ticket is IBM technology. So even though you can't see that you use IBM, you do. And I think that Let's Create, again, is a reminder and a reintroduction of why this company is so impactful in technology and in your daily life. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, that was, that was really helpful. I, I guess my question coming out of that is if you're clearly, I mean, you are clearly excited. How do you, is that, does that make it easier to convey to employees and, and to kind of invest in that? And then on the other side of that, are there things that you have been less excited about and how do you get employees jazzed about things that you might not be as, you know, thrilled about? <laughs> so let's create is, I mean, to get employees again, it's something that everyone can get behind. And with let's create, we're going to have, it's, it's three parts. We release obviously 
last week we had the first part, but it's going to be in, in three different parts. And the third part is creators, like us identifying creators, because we feel anybody, a developer, you're a creator, look, you're hosting a podcast, like creators are so important. And so it's easy to get employees excited about the work that they're doing and showcased in a way that's like, look at how you create, whether it's data visualizations, whether it's analytics modeling, whether it's AI capabilities, like to show the world, like, look what you do and the work that you do and how impactful the work that you do is. That's not a hard sell to an employee, right? It's like, yes, I do work hard. I do do these things. Oh, you're going to showcase it? Oh, it's going to run in a commercial, you know, during, you know, Sunday night football. Oh, I'm on a billboard in Times Square. Like that is not, (laughs) you don't have to hard sell employees with that. Again, I've only been in the role, this role, 18 months, a year and some change. So I haven't necessarily worked on anything that was not as exciting as the the brand platform Um, throughout my career, 12 years. Sure. There have been some things I've been like, oh my gosh, this is like a snooze fest. Like, how am I going to tell the story and externally, right? How do I get a reporter to care about this when like I'm falling asleep or I can't even understand like what this even means. That's different. But in terms of getting employees, um, I, again, I haven't worked on anything in this role since I haven't been in this role that long. I know 18 months, people say that's long enough, but um, all the things that I've been able to work on have been things that IBMers are, are excited about or are like, yeah, that's amazing. We spun off our infrastructure business. Uh, that was a, a nice milestone and IBMers were, you know, excited about that, giving clarity and focus to the business. So I haven't worked on anything that was like boring in this role. I'm not saying in my career, I've definitely worked on some things in my career, but not in this role. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's really helpful. And when you, I mean, in the, in the concept of advocacy communications, um, advocating for employees to advocate for the company, Correct. what are some, I guess you said there's 240,000 employees. That is correct. In oh 170 gosh. countries. That's correct. Yes. So, uh, in 270 countries. So with a- No, 170. Oh, 170. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. Wow. So when you're advocating for a group that big um, and that diverse and that expansive, yeah. what are some of the, I guess, the hiccups along the way or the lessons you've learned in, in trying to communicate to, to so many different cultures and backgrounds? Yeah, it's, it's a challenge. Listen, it's a challenge, but it's so great. Listen, in 170 countries, there are just some things that are universal, right? They're just, the, they're just universal things. However, I'll just use just something. So Black History Month ended yesterday. Today begins Women's History Month. That's very U.S. focused. Uh, there is a Black History Month in the U.K. and in Brazil, celebrated at different times than the U.S. when we celebrate but how do I get my colleagues in Japan to celebrate Black History Month? <laughs> I'm not saying there aren't Black people in Japan. There are. Not a lot, but there are. But it's a primarily U.S.-centric holiday, right? It's not that our colleagues aren't aware or they don't, they don't support their allies, but it's not, you know, it's not relevant in Japan. But when you look at, again, having the breadth of the employees and, and advocacy as a whole, you do want to celebrate, you know, a community or celebrate or recognize people who have contributed to a community or um, some historical milestones. That translates in any country. Doesn't matter now, even though Black History Month itself isn't. That again, there are just some things that are just universal. Uh, some of the hiccups is you do have to factor in cultural 
uh, differences. You have to um, factor in uh, socioeconomic differences because it's different in different countries. Um, and you even have to look at even things like sexual orientation, where we, you know, during Pride Month are incredibly vocal and incredibly celebratory. But then there are other countries where your sexual orientation can get you incarcerated or in some countries, death. So how can you encourage someone to be like, I'm out, I'm here. And, and it's like, in my country, that's not okay. So there are definitely some challenges. Again, when you look at cultures and you look at different backgrounds, but you just have to just remain true to your values, true to what the company stands for. And just, again, continue to encourage and empower employees to advocate on behalf of, you know, the company and themselves, of course. Mm -hmm. Have you found, um, just in your personal experience and, and for the students listening, because, you know, everyone's trying to figure out what route they're going to take, mm -hmm. um, that more internal employee relations versus external public relations, how have those compared in your both your enjoyment, your experience. I mean, you've talked about the differences in what you do, but in, in your, I guess your personal take on them. Um, yeah. How do they compare? I mean, just for me personally, I'm an external communications person. Um, I've enjoyed and am enjoying my time in internal, but there are certain people that I know their whole career has been in internal comms, not at IBM, but like my peers. And they are just really good at internal communications and employee communications. I, I'm, I've been dabbling here because I've, you know, had like a platform with social media, but I am an external person. Everything I do is external. Everything I am, I write for an external audience. I, you know, I'm on the phone with reporters or actually I shouldn't say on the phone with reporters because I haven't actually had a phone conversation in a long time. I DM, I'm like Twitter DMing, I'm Instagram DMing. I'm having like full on, like sometimes I have like novels with reporters, especially if they're my friends. It's like, oh my God, did you see what's happened? And it's like, why didn't I just email them? Or like, why, like, why are we not? Oh, because we're in a pandemic still. And I can't like go to like lunch with them, but I'm just an, ex that's just me personally. Now there are some students that might say, you know what, but like working with employees and having the employee be the, my client and be the person I serve, that's something that I really, you know, I enjoy. And that's something that I want to do. And I would never, you know, deter anybody. You just have to find like, are you more of like I said, the external? I am so external because I'm super extra, and not that I can't be extra internal, but like, I'm just I'm so an external person, <laughs> an external relations person. That's just Brandy personally. But I encourage others to explore both. Look at internal comms, external comms, corporate comms. Um, just there's so many different. If you you know, crisis comms. If you're more focused on media relations, if you're more focused on social media, there's so, that's the beauty about PR. So many routes you can take, so many. And I listen and I, I've had mine and I can talk about mine, but somebody else might take a different route. Hmm. Hmm. And do you, do you have any words of advice um, kind of as we're wrapping up, but for students, you know, I mean, I, college is just such a time of trying to figure it all out. And, yeah. and while you can, I mean, you look for experiences here and there, but it, you have to pick and choose which experiences you're going to look for too. So do you have any advice um, for kind of navigating that and, and finding that specific avenue to go down within the PR communications spectrum? Yeah. So my, this is a couple of things. So I can't tell only students only know what's best for them. Like I can't say Brady, you should do all these things. Your teachers mean well, your parents mean well, of course people love you. But at the end of the day, Brady knows what Brady's limits are and what you can do. I can always give you, you know, a recommendation or, but you ultimately have to decide this is what I want to do. And you know, you best. 
I would hate to give you a recommendation for something and you know you don't like that or you know that doesn't excite you or get you really, you know, like jazzed about it. But I made the recommendation. It's like, no, you have to do what's best for you. But one thing that I do, I talk about this and I see it in college students all of the time is imposter syndrome. Now in the workplace, we talk about imposter syndrome quite a bit, but college in particular, students who are suffering from imposter syndrome, I feel perfected in college. They really spend four years pretending to be somebody else, like cultivating an entirely different personality from their own because they want to be liked by their friends. They want, you know, a girlfriend, boyfriend. They want to make sure that the, the family is proud that they are doing whatever the family wants them to do. There's so many factors college students are going through that they literally create completely different personas to fit into all of these things. And so my advice when I, I see that is to know that imposter syndrome is, 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 is okay. You can combat it. It's not like you're a horrible person. The reason you do that, you, you are creating all these different things about your personality is because you are someone of high integrity. You don't want to let anybody down. You don't want to seem vulnerable. That's why you're making up a, you know, a different persona of yourself, not because you're a bad person, because you're human. So I tell students, listen, you're going to mess up. You're not going to have all the answers. You're not, it's never going to be right. It's never going to be perfect. Oh, Brandy, I've got to be perfect. Really? Cause I, I don't know one perfect person. I wake up some days I am like on fire. Other days I'm like, can someone give me Ben and Jerry's? I'll be on the ground in the fetal position, like crying. Like it varies and students need to stop being so hard on themselves. They need to understand that in order to be successful, you have to fail. You cannot be successful without failure. And unfortunately, college students don't take failure well. Oh my God, I failed the test. My life is over. I have to drop out of school. You failed one test. How is this? How do you suck at life? You fail because college students link self-worth and failure. It's like, if I fail, oh my God, I am literally no one. No one wants me. My friends hate me. No, really people hate you. Like people really spend, they wake up their days hating you or is this in your mind yes it's in the imaginary handbook that you've created in your mind I see it all the time so what I say to students is stop that nonsense you are you are enough just as you are you are just trying to make it through the day and that is all anybody your friends your significant others your parents your teachers that is all we can ask of you make it through the day give it your best Did you do your best? Some students are like, I gave it my best and it still wasn't enough. Well, you gave it your best. That's all I can ask. Then there are some, they won't admit it, but they know you, did you really do your best? Did you really give it? Well, I probably could have done like a little, okay, at least you're coming at like you're being honest. Like at least, you know, you could have done better, but y'all have just got to stop being so hard on yourself. You're out here doing so much and you're trying to please everybody and you end up not pleasing yourself and doing something that makes you happy. So I can recommend, I can give you advice and counsel. I can mentor you as much as I want, but only you know what's best for you. I'll be your cheerleader. I'll hype you up in the morning. I will call you, give you daily affirmations. We can, whatever you need, I am here. But it it starts and stops with you. So I just tell students, you're just, you're enough. You're awesome. You're amazing. Own that. Own it, live it, love it.
Wow. <laughs> I yeah. First of all, thank you. Um, mm-hmm. I know me and a lot of students need to hear that. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. And I I appreciate how like in touch you are with the student experience right now because I don't know if I hear it all the time. Sees it. So yeah. Wow. Well, thank you. Um, is there anything else that we didn't cover that you were burning to share about um, your role, your experience, PR in general? Um, I would say about PR in general. Like I said, it's an amazing, like I chose this many years ago, but now is such a critical time to be in PR. And I salute students who are interested in PR because what the pandemic, listen, not that we didn't know before, but like everybody needs like a communications person or like a communications, but with the pandemic and all of the misinformation and like everybody trying to figure out what's real with like health. And it just is such a great time to enter this industry because there's so much opportunity that I, even three years ago, I don't think that there was, I think PR, you know, we were starting to see, or you might've heard people say, OPR has got a seat at the table, like the proverbial C-suite table or the conference room table. I've, you know, seen and heard that and people saying that now I would love to try to see an organization do something without PR. I will try it, try it in today's society with social, with what everybody you try. Oh yeah. We're going to, we don't need PR. We're just going to focus on just this. Yeah. Right. Show me somebody who's telling me PR, they don't need it. So I think it's just such an, uh, an amazing time for students to enter the industry because there's so much opportunity and there's a lot of work to be done that only, in my opinion, I'm biased, that only PR people are well-suited to do. Marketers, I love you, but there's just certain things y'all can do that we can do. So I just, I encourage students to really get into the industry because it's it's a really good time. It's a really good time to be a PR professional. That's what, that's what I'll say. Yeah, that's, that's really exciting to think about. And I mean, yeah, just the different things we're learning about in school. It's, it's nice mm-hmm. to hear from someone in the field say, you know, there are opportunities and you'll find them. And yeah. Yeah. Yes. So, so just like, I know it's like, you, like I said, you don't have it all figured out and that's all right, but just know you're entering, it'd be different if you were entering a field where jobs were scarce. Right. And there wasn't a lot of opportunities and I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I would be like, well, you know, it's kind of competitive and it's not like a lot, but now ooh, all of the different things that have emerged because of the pandemic, all the ways we've changed as a society, as a global society because of the pandemic, so much opportunity. So I just say students, like like I said, you don't have to have it all figured out, have a little bit of a plan, but just know you are entering a field that is in a good, is in a good space right now. Hmm. Well, thank you, Brandy. And thanks for all, all your words here and your responses. I, I, I really hope some students can benefit from this. If, if they I want hope to so too. I'm your, like I said, I love y'all. I, to me, and I've said it to other people, students particularly during the pandemic you all have had it I'm not going to say because people are like moms you know so many women left the workforce moms have had it really rough with childcare and stuff I'm not negating that that is so 100% true but I feel that college students have had it so difficult especially those of you who missed out in the first two years of like the college experience the on-campus experience all the things that you go through in your development as an adult that college brings. And now you've taken that away. Y'all are on these screens. You're sitting in your parents' house. You're dealing with mom and dad. You're trying to do stuff. You can't meet people. Or if you meet people, it's like weird and like awkward. Like it's, you all have been through so much. 
And so I always say, I, I feel your pain. I understand. And if I can like cheer you up, cheer you on, because I understand this has not been easy for you. It hasn't been easy for any of us, but it hasn't been easy for y'all either. So I sympathize and I just want students to know, regardless if you were in a screen, regardless of you, if you were at my house, you are amazing, period, point blank. I really wish someone would argue with me. Brady, argue with me. Tell me that you're not amazing. Give me all the reasons why you are not amazing. Please argue, argue it. Tell me it's not true. Tell me I'm a liar. I got nothing. <laughs> exactly. This is what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying. So love college students. I love you guys. You are, mm. you're awesome. And just, you've been through a lot. So just don't be so hard on yourself. Don't be so hard mm. on yourself. Well, thanks for your time, Brandy. Uh, yeah, I'm excited to share this. If students want to reach out to you, what's the best way to get connected? LinkedIn, hit me up on LinkedIn, yeah. build those LinkedIn connections, yep. hit me up there. After LinkedIn, we can take it to email, but like, don't just come email me out the blue. Again, I'm just like, woo, woo, woo. Get me as a connection so people can see that we are connected. You are building your professional network. Like I said, I'm a big cheerleader for students. So please come on, come on. <laughs> well, awesome, awesome. Uh, thanks for being on today and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Brady. Appreciate it. I hope you were able to take from that some encouragement at the very least. Brandy is very accessible. So if you want to reach out for some advice, learning about her role, she's available for that. I will leave her contact information in the show notes, but also I'll, I'll drop that video that we talked about. Um, and so you can see kind of the project she's working on. Thank you so much for listening. And we will talk to you next time on PR Hangover.